Thessalonians in our Bible tonight, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, we're going to continue our series in this book, tremendous book, and of course they're all tremendous, I like them all, I don't know if I have a favorite book of the Bible, do you have a favorite book of the Bible? I like the book of Philippians, maybe sometime we should ask, what is your favorite book of the Bible and why? Uh, Hebrews, China's going to tell us, he's just going to tell us how it is. I uh, remember talking to Brother Barry, Brother Barry, our missionary there to the Philippines, and I asked him, what is your favorite book of the Bible? Now, he has a Ph.D. in the Old Testament, and um, it might not still be his favorite. It might be his favorite. But I was a little surprised when he said, the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus. And uh, a lot of good stuff in the book of Leviticus, but uh, yeah, in any event, that's not my favorite, though I, I like them all, and they're all inspired, and God has given them all to us uh, to help us. First Thessalonians chapter number one. Last week we looked at a message, a model church, and really we looked at part one of this model church here in First Thessalonians chapter number one. Remember, Paul was here for about three weeks, and then he had to leave. And then he got word, wow, this church is really doing great. And he writes him this letter, and uh, he commends this church. And we said last week he commends them in seven areas, and we looked at three of them. We said, the number one, and by the way, we said this, a model church is a model church because it's members to try to do what God, do what God wants them to do. Right? The church is comprised of people, and as we, his body, allow him to use us, as a corporate body, God does great things, and uh, we're all different, and we all have different personalities and different giftings, and uh, we read about that in, in the book of Corinthians there, the eye can't say to the ear, hey, I don't need you, and uh, usually when I get on that, I talk about not cutting off your leg, if you hurt your leg, you kind of nurse it, and if somebody uh, has a hurt or a need or concern, we love them and try to help encourage them in any event. Uh, so the members of this church at Thessalonica really allowed God to do a work. And we said, uh, as we looked at the three characteristics, we said, number one, uh, to be a model church, or its members must be a receiver of the word of God. And we looked at verse number five. Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. They received the word of God in Acts 17. The Bible says, and some of them believe, and of the chief woman, not a few. So the word of God was preached. The word of God had power. The spirit of God empowered it. And God used the witness of spirit-filled men to communicate his truth. And so we encouraged you to be a receiver of the word of God. To allow the word of God to change you, to change us. We need change, don't we? The Word of God, the washing of the water of the Word of God. And so uh, we encouraged you to be here, try to be here at 9.30 on Sundays for our Bible study. I put a sermon note sheet in your welcome packet. We're going to have some at the table in the lobby there. We actually put one on the back of the bulletin to try to encourage us to grow as the Word of God is being preached, as, as, as a truth is being shared. I have found that if I write something down, I tend to remember it. By the way, uh, I was telling the men yesterday, uh, when I read a book, if I, I hope you try to read some things I hate to read. Well, try to be a reader. 
of we read the Bible, read good Christian books. I try to underline in the book. And the reason why is because then I can go back and I can reread that book in 30 minutes or 45 minutes and get the gist of what God used in that book to help me. And, uh, and so be a reader, be a learner, have a Bible reading plan. Uh, listen to preaching and music and books that's going to help you spiritually. Uh, and, and be careful of things that aren't going to help you spiritually. Uh, there's a lot that comes over, by the way, of podcasts and, and news and TV and that, that don't, just don't help us spiritually. And uh, by the way, get around friends that are going to help you spiritually, and we'll talk about that. Secondly, we said follow leadership. Look at verse 6. And ye became followers of us, God's leaders, his human leaders, and of the Lord. So they were followers of the leadership that God put in their life. Now, you have in your packet there, you have a sheet where we have divided uh, the membership into ministry teams. And so you should be, and if you're not, uh, we didn't leave you out by accident, all right? We just left you out because we're human beings, and so have patience with us. If your name is not on there, please come see me, okay? And I'll apologize a hundred times, and I'll blame it on Stephen. And when you see Stephen, he'll apologize a hundred times, and he'll blame it on me, and it'll be great, okay? Um, but there is a deacon that kind of oversees that ministry. Um, pray for that deacon. Put him on your prayer list. Uh, seek to be a blessing. Say, hey... There's an event, I noticed that the Fall Fest is coming up. It's not really, that's in October. Um, the Easter dinner is coming up. What could I do to be a help? I'm on your list, what can I do to be a help? Now bring some smelling salts with you too, in your pocket, in case he or she go, ooh, then you can, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but what can I do to be a help? How can I help this event to, to go uh, smoothly and and so they they followed the Lord and they followed the leadership that God put in and then the latter part of verse six having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost and we said thirdly be willing to suffer persecution be willing to suffer much affliction and uh, when the word of God came and God worked. There were those that got upset. You ever try to witness somebody and they get mad? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of par for the course. They that will shall live godly in Christ Jesus, and it will have God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Let me tell you this. The devil, you have a list of activities for our church for 2023. We know when the service times are, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Saturday. The devil will do everything he can to keep you from coming to church, from going visiting, whatever you can do. He'll do everything he can. You, you ever find that sometimes he'll try to keep you from having your devotions in the morning? Phone, by the way, don't wake up and look at email first thing in the morning. Don't do that. You get up and start looking at email or look at the news, and uh, your, your devotion time is going to go, it's going to shrink. By the way, you need your time with the Lord before you look at the news, right? He'll give you the positive uh, before you look at the news. And so be willing. Don't uh, uh, endure hardness. Don't be easy to, to quit. All right? We can't quit. We have to work. Somebody said, we'll work till Jesus comes. Be willing to suffer. 
Number four. This is new material now. Verse number seven. So that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. We showed you when we first started this series a map and we showed you the area of Macedonia and Achaia there. You think about this. Um, they were an example. Number four, the point is this. Be an encouragement to others by your example. Encourage others by your example. Now, we won't take the time to look at it, but if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we talk about this passage when it comes to finances and giving. And you remember Apostle Paul was admonishing the church there to give. And who did they use it? Who did he use as an example? He used the churches in Macedonia, the church of Thessalonica, as an example. Isn't it amazing that a church that was three, Paul was there for three weeks, a baby church, can be an example to other churches in the area. Churches kind of take on reputations. I don't know what we're known for. Maybe I should, maybe I'll, this week I should, I should have Stephen do this. <clears throat> Get him a real deep voice and call some of the church. Hey, are you familiar with Victory Baptist Church? See what they say. No, we don't need that. Uh, but it'd be a fun exercise just for the fun of it. <laughs> My imagination's taking over. <laughs> hey, we need to be an encouragement. We need to be an encouragement uh, with our, our our lives. We need an encouragement uh, with our lips. You know this phrase, your talk talks, your walk talks, but the walk talks louder. See, we can tell somebody you ought to be there, you ought to do... But if I tell them and I'm not there, people need to see our consistency and our faithfulness. Uh, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. And uh, we want to be an example. You know, sometimes, and I've told people this, sometimes you don't... Let's just be honest with each other, all right? Are there times when you don't feel like coming to church? Let me see your hand. Can I tell you something? There are times when I don't feel like coming to church. You see, yeah, but you're supposed to be the... I know I'm supposed to be the preacher. There are times when we don't feel like coming to church. But you know, or coming to an activity. We have a family fun night. Listen, bring some board games. I got an idea. How many of you like board games? There's a lot of you. I know there's a lot of this church loves board games. Good. Just as long as you stay in the spirit. We don't want anybody in the flesh. But I, we can play board games maybe on half of the fellowship hall. And maybe a couple of us could play, you know, some two-on-two basketball if you don't like board games. How do you spell board games? I usually spell it B-O-R-E-D. Get it? Board games. Um, I, I don't mind board games, but I don't like board games where it's kind of the luck of the of the draw, where there's no strategy. So when my brothers and I were growing up, we would change how we played Uno. Because Uno, it just depends on all the luck of the draw, and whoever gets the draw four makes everybody else draw four. And so we made our own rules up. We say this, okay, this anything goes in this game of Uno so long as you don't get caught. So from the start of the game to the end of the game, if you didn't get caught, anything goes. Which means when you were shuffling, you got three or four. Yeah, I remember one time one of them had like four or five draw fours. 
There's like the whole deck. And we're like, man, I know you cheated somehow, but we can't figure it out. You know what I'm saying? It spiced it up and gave it some strategy. In any event, some board games have no strategy. No strategy, the luck of it. <laughs> anyway, I, so I like some board games, but the non-strategic ones, I, I don't care for as much. I, but I do like, you know, a game like chess. <laughs> You're going to laugh when I take this. But I can't play chess strategy for three hours. My two older brothers used to play for three hours. Forget it. I'll just let you win. I can't sit still for three hours trying to figure out how this guy checked me. I didn't work it too good. Um, checkers is okay, but checkers, if you just do it right, there's no real strategy. Unless you play flying checkers. You have to create some, yeah, you have to have some new strategies. Maybe when I retire, really, yeah, I'll go into creating board games with strategy. How about that? Uh, where in the world were we? I don't know. Oh, family fun night. So you might not, you might say, oh, I don't feel like going on family fun night. But you know what? Somebody might need you to come. Somebody might come and they're kind of a little discouraged, kind of a little down, but they're going to tell you, because we don't wear signs and say, I'm discouraged, come talk to me. But somebody might come, they're down, and they're going to sit next to you, and you're going to just play the worst game of dominoes you ever played, and everyone's going to laugh, and you're going to leave there, and you're going to say, wow, I was an encouragement to that particular person. You see, we think sometimes I don't feel like this or maybe I don't need this but we have to think in the terms somebody else might need me to be a blessing to them and this church was an encouragement not just to their immediate area they were encouragement to people Christians and churches beyond their region and that was tremendous number wherever we are number five uh, number five um, let's see. Oh, here we go. Number five, verse eight. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. This is really amazing to me. From you sounded out the word of God. I gave you a few tracks in your packet just to remind you. I'm going to track in there to remind us to do what? Number five, to preach Christ everywhere. That's what they did. They preached Christ everywhere. Uh, one commentator said this, uh, the word means sounded forth. It is only used here in the New Testament and means to blast forth or to sound forth very intensely. Outside the New Testament, the term was used to refer to a blaring trumpet or rolling thunder the, the tense of the, of the verb indicates that the church's bold, continual trumpeting of the gospel message, it was continual. They were passionate about that. And it wasn't just in Thessalonica, which was a hub of travel, but it was every place. Paul pictured their proclamation as a constant sound increasing and echoing into a wider and wider circle as the church made the most of a strategic location from which to proclaim the truth. When I was in South Carolina, I helped at a church in Antraville. Anybody know where Antraville, South Carolina is? It's a very small little country town that you go soul winning by car. You drive from one house to the next house to the next house. And you hope when you pull your car up to the trailer that's not in a trailer park, 
that the guy doesn't pull out a shotgun and shoot you. Um, this area where we are now is a little more like Thessalonica than that area. A lot of, they're actually bringing the city here. There's tons of people moving into our area. Tons of housing, tons of people. I know the traffic is a little bit more, and we have to have the right perspective on the traffic, do, do we not? Um, Paul said this. This is interesting, too. We need not speak anything. What's he saying? He's, hey, their witness was so convincing that Paul said the people who heard the testimony of the church could themselves report about what God was doing, what kind of reception they had. Rather than Paul telling people he met in his travels what God had done in the city, people were telling him what was what was happening in that city, in that church. You think about that rather than him saying, hey, here's what's happening in the church. They're telling him, hey, did you hear what's happening in the church of Thessalonica? God is able to save souls. And God wants to use us to reach people with the gospel. He wants to use us. Our faith needs to be spread abroad. That's why we try to give some time in this packet. Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock. Try to come. I know sometimes the weather's bad and I say sometimes you're busy. I, I get all that. But say, you know, try to come. I, I tell you, you'll be happy you did. You'll be, there's nothing like giving that, you know, you're a little bit, you know, first, yeah, we're kind of tired, you get out there. And, but I tell you this, by the time we get into it and we're ready to leave, we're not ready to leave, kind of, if that makes sense. And when you see someone pray and trust Christ as Savior, there is nothing in the world like, like that. It's just like, wow, this is awesome. They were on their way to hell. They're on their way to heaven. Outreach Sunday. Why did we create Outreach Sunday? I created Outreach Sunday. I asked the Lord, Lord, I need an opportunity to where we could take away all the excuses from everybody. And I thought of Outreach Sunday because after church, we all eat. And uh, usually we're not having a bunch of phone calls and things to do. and Probably people nap. and So you, you don't have to cook. You might have to help clean up a little. You go right over to the festival ball and you have dinner. Voila. I know it's meatballs, but that's all right. Just don't serve meatballs at home and eat them here once a month. It's going to be good. They're good meatballs, fresh bread, you know. And uh, is it provolone cheese? Some kind of cheese. I'm getting kind of hungry. Um, and we go out. And people are often home on Sundays. And you'll get home in time to take your nap. You'll get a nice good nap and you'll feel you'll sleep better. Because you'll have given the gospel out. I'm toying with some ideas on how to mobilize. Now, Senior Saints, we have a lunch coming in March. And there's another one in July. And, uh, you know, in our lunch in March with the Senior Saints, you have to kind of try to get input. Here's some activities. But I'm trying to think of a way to mobilize our Senior Saints to reach people with the gospel. And uh, let's pray for wisdom. Hey, we need to get the gospel everywhere. And that's why I said to Stephen, Stephen, we're going to do a Simon for you. I want you, um, how many remember Matt Barfield? Matt Barfield? Matt Barfield, he's our missionary. He's in Indianapolis, and he's got lots of different things going on. Matt Barfield ate and slept and drank and breathed missions. I mean, it was all the time. Missions, missions, missions. And I said to Stephen, Stephen, I want you here at our church, to help us to think outreach souls, reaching people. 
And so he's going to do that by God's grace. Uh, we have a map downstairs. We might move it upstairs and to try to see here's the areas where we've been. And uh, it's, it is a great opportunity. It's a great day to be alive. God wants to save souls. Number six, two more and we'll be finished. Number six, live a separated life. Look at verse nine. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Notice the construction there. We turn to God from idols. You see, separation isn't just, I can't do this, I'm not doing this, and this is bad, and this is bad. Separation first is this. God, I love you, and you are first place in my life. And if anything is going to come into my life to hinder my relationship with you, then I don't want that. The Bible tells us to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. The world is going far away from God and further every day. And if I'm going to stand on the promises of God, I'm going to be more and more and more different from the world in which we live. This church here didn't have somebody come and give a seminar on the movies you should watch and the movies you shouldn't watch and how many names, they, uh, uh, how many bad words is okay in a movie. I don't think any. And how many times should they take the name of the Lord in vain? I don't think any. They didn't have someone come and do a seminar on the kind of music that we ought to listen. I don't think they did. Hey, they fell in love with Jesus and they realized we're going to heaven. He saved us. These things in our life, no, this isn't good. This isn't right. You know, we don't have, I mean, we do have, but we don't have, right? Uh, there are individuals in our uh, uh, sphere uh, that have idols, like, you know, the Buddha idol type thing. I saw one of those recently, I think, on someone's, someone's lawn. We used to visit a restaurant in Wisconsin. They had a big one right there. It's a Chinese restaurant. You know, you went in, and there it was. And you want to give it a big hug? Or, not really, but... And, and But our, our idols aren't those things. But in America, people worship money. It's all about money. They decide, hey, I'm going to do a job because of the money. Or, 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 or they worship uh, entertainers. Hey, uh, uh, th there's a lot of small g gods in, in the lives of, of individuals. You know, anything that takes us away from God can be an idol. Sometimes hobbies can take us away from the Lord. They can take us out of church. They can keep us from reading our Bible. God says, there shall no other gods be before me. It's interesting, the word that is used here in verse 9, to serve the living and true God, the word used there is the word bondslave. So we've turned to God from our idols to be a bond slave to God. I tell you that the easiest way to really help people understand this matter of separation is when you get married, right? Uh, when you get married, things change. Hey, things are different. Why? Because you separate yourself unto your spouse. 
And uh, I never had the black book with the three stars and the four stars. But if you had the black book with the three stars and the four stars, it went bye-bye. You know what I mean? Susan's looking at me like, what's the black book? You know, with all the names of the people you're interested in. You know what I'm saying? That went bye-bye. Because you said, now what? I'm separated unto this person. It's us for life, baby. Right? When I separate myself unto God... And I love him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. That which displeases him goes bye-bye. And that's what happened in this church here in Thessalonica. Live a separated life. Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. By the way, let me just, as we seek to apply this packet here, we have a ministry handbook. What are we trying to do? We're trying to give... The right opinion of God to the world in which we live and to those that would come to the church, right? We're trying to say, hey, we're going to try to have and give God the benefit of the doubt when it comes to music. Give God the benefit of the doubt with some of these things. And maybe we're our, we're our best. Why? Because we're trying to give God the benefit of the doubt. Number seven, and we're finished. Number seven, look for the return of Christ. Look at verse number 10. And to wait for his son from heaven... Whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Hey, looking for the blessed hope. The word wait is used only here in the New Testament and refers to expectant waiting. Sustained, patient, trusting waiting. To have an expectant looking for Jesus' return from heaven is one more aspect of this church. Hey, why is it important to eagerly look for Christ's return? He's the head of our church. He's the one that said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. And then he went up into heaven, and the angel said to the disciples, Why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which you've seen go up into heaven, is going to come again. And that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting on Jesus to come again. We're going to hear the trumpet, and we're going to meet with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a day it's going to be. We celebrate once a month on Sunday nights the Lord's Supper. Remembering the fact that He died and He shed shed His blood for us. His body is broken. He shed His blood. And remembering, reminding ourselves, this do we show till He come again. And we sing that song, 149. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It really will be worth it all. I tell you this, you sell out to God. You say, hey, I'm going to be abandoned to Christ. Hey, I'm going to try to live every waking moment just doing what God wants me to do and just walking with Him. And you'll not regret it. We'll not regret it at all. We'll hear that trumpet sound and we'll stand before Him. Boy, it's going to be a great day. Do we live in light of the coming of Jesus. See, how do I know? Let me ask this question. How much of what got you upset this past week would have got you upset if you were living in light of His coming? You see, we find ourselves rattled. We find ourselves upset. We find ourselves... And a lot of it just doesn't matter. In light of eternity, it really doesn't matter. 
We have to live with eternity's values in view. I mentioned this in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Lord willing, starting next Sunday night at 5.30, whoever can. I know people are going to be involved in music and this and that. No pressure on anybody. But I think we can probably squeeze a 15-minute prayer, prayer meeting in. If you can join us, we're going to go with Fellowship Hall. We'll pray 15, 20 minutes. And we'll ask the Lord to use us. Ask the Lord to bless us. We'll ask the Lord to come again, right? We're ready. But He's not. Until He's ready, we've got to faithfully serve Him. This church at Thessalonica was not a perfect church. There is no perfect church. I personally don't think that this church had a, a leader that was saying, Hey, we're going to be the model church. I don't think they were focusing on being a model church. The Apostle Paul commends them because they were a church that simply allowed God to have His way with them. They received the Word of God. When the Spirit of God talked, they said, you know what? This is bad and this won't please God. Hey, we're saved. We're on our way to heaven. The whole world needs to know that. Let's spread the Word. Let's be faithful. May God help Victory Baptist Church to be all he wants us to be. Because as its its members, Lord, I want to be all that you want me to be. Let's bow for prayer.